You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119. This is a psalm, of course, that is all about the Word of God. And I'm thankful for the Bible. I hope you love the Bible. Um, We're uh, getting close to the end of this psalm, and I have enjoyed it. Uh, It's been a help to me, and I hope it's been a help to you. Notice with me Psalm 119, verse number 153. It says, Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline. Yet do I not go astray from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved, because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word. I pray that you would help us to take uh, what we hear. May we apply it to our hearts and lives, and uh, may we be what you'd have us to be uh, from the time that we have studied and the time that we have uh, looked into your word this evening. I pray your blessing upon our children's ministry. I pray for those that are listening and watching this service online. I pray you'd speak to those folks. And Lord, may we not miss what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At the uh, retreat, uh, the teen retreat, Brother Phil Rabin uh, uh, preached to our teens. And on Friday morning, he did a session for the men. And his, his whole, whole topic was having a walk with God and having a time of Bible reading. I had never heard this statistic before, and he quoted the statistic, and I told where it came from. I I did not look it up, but uh, uh, I have a lot of confidence in uh, Brother Phil. He's a good man. He's a a good preacher and loves the Lord and uh, very thorough. But here's what he said in the statistic that was taken among Southern Baptist churches. Now, we're not a Southern Baptist church. We are an independent Baptist church, but this was taken among the, the thousands of Southern Baptist churches they found that 45% of adults engaged regularly in the Word of God. Now, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you that that engagement was every day. Unfortunately, in that survey, that was engaging in the Bible at least once every week. Now, 45% of adults... We're not talking about people that are out at the nightclubs. We're not talking about people that are uh, deny God. And we're not talking about people that are out uh, drinking and partying. We're talking about people, adults in churches. 45% said that they engage regularly in reading and studying the Bible. Now, here's what's amazing. First of all, I hope it's a whole lot higher percentage here. And I hope it's not once a week. I hope it's every day. I hope you get in the Bible. You've got to get in the Bible every day. If you don't, you won't make it. I'll promise you that. Because if you don't know what you believe, 
you will be susceptible to believing anything you hear if you don't have that foundation. And so 45% of those 45% that were engaged regularly in the Bible, here's what they found. They found that all of those people were engaged in other spiritual exercises. That would include prayer. That would include serving. That would include giving. Of the 45% that were engaged in the Bible, those people were also engaged in doing, ready for this, what the Bible says we're supposed to do. But of those that did not read the Bible and study the Bible on a regular basis, they found something interesting. Some of them prayed. Some of them served. Some of them gave. Some of them were involved in some things. But the common denominator was those that were engaged in the Bible. They were also engaged in every other spiritual exercise. So here's what I'm trying to say tonight. If you're not in the Bible, I don't have a lot of hopes that you're going to be doing everything the Bible says because you're not reading it. You don't know it. You're not being reminded of it. But if we will get in the Bible, I promise you it'll change your life. It'll change your family. It'll change your attitude. It will change your job. You say, Pastor, are you saying that if I'll read my Bible, I'm going to go in and get a raise? Nope, not saying that. I'm saying if you'll read your Bible and you'll get in the Bible, you might go into work with a better attitude tomorrow. You might go into work with a different outlook tomorrow. Uh, you, if you'll read your Bible, I'm not saying that your home's going to change, but I'm saying you're going to change because this book will change you and it will change me if we will read it. Notice, if you would, first of all, in verse 153, David says this, Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. David here asks God to consider something. He says, consider mine affliction. The word affliction is something that is negative. It's, it's poverty, it's misery, it's trouble, it's perhaps depression. And David asks God to consider. He asks God to see and to notice and to perceive what he is going through. Now, first of all, when we think about affliction, many times we ask God, God, would you please remove the affliction from my life? I've been there. If I've got pain, you know what I say? Lord, please take this pain away. If I've got a problem, I say, Lord, please take this problem away. But how many of you know God doesn't always take the problems away? How many of you know God doesn't always take the pain away? And may I say this, that the pain or the suffering or the problem or the burden or the difficulty that you're facing right now, as I've been talking about affliction, this has come to your mind and you're thinking, that's my affliction. Did you know as much as we'd like to have that removed, that may be the best thing you've got going for you because it may be that affliction that causes you to rely upon the Lord. It may be that affliction that keeps you on your knees. It may be that affliction that keeps you walking with God. It may be that affliction is what's keeping you in church. Boy, I've seen it. You've seen it as well. People, they'll, they'll, be at, they'll reach the, the bottom. They're at their lowest. And, and they, they come to church and they're, they're sitting on the front pew. Maybe not the front pew, but they're sitting on the edge of their seat. And boy, they're soaking it up. They're excited. They're, 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 they're excited about what God's doing. They're, they're sharing answers to prayer. And they're like, hey, uh, what's soul winning? I'm coming out. What's prayer meeting? I'm coming out. Hey, what can I do? And they get involved. And then it seems like God begins to bless their life. 
And maybe the job is better and the, and the finances are better and the home situation's better and things start looking up. And sometimes when things start looking up, we get our eyes off of the Lord and we start to focus on the stuff. We start to focus on the blessings rather than focusing on the God of the blessings. I heard of my uh, friend Stephen Russ, he was preaching a couple weeks ago at Brother Joe Arthur's when I was there on that Sunday night. And I, I, I flew into the airport in Atlanta. I got to the uh, service a few minutes late and, and I, I slipped in there. And as he was preaching, I, he said something that I have I just I've been thinking about so much. He said, Elijah, in 1 Kings, Elijah was there at the brook. You know, he said, God took care of Elijah there at the brook. There was water. The ravens brought him food to eat. But something happened. The brook dried up. You know what happened when the brook dried up? Elijah had to realize that it wasn't the brook that he should be worshiping. And it wasn't the brook that he needed. It was the God of the brook. It was the God in heaven who had provided the brook. It was the God who had provided the food. And can I tell you, don't get your eyes on the blessings and don't start relying on the blessings so much that you forget that you need God. David says, consider mine affliction and deliver me. He says, Lord, please, would you help me? Would you rescue me? Would you deliver me? It appears in this passage that David is coming before the throne of a king. Or maybe David is becoming before the bench of a judge and he is asking for his case to be considered. We see that in the very next verse. He says in verse 154, plead my cause. That's a legal matter. And in verse 153, David is appealing to God and he is asking for his case to be considered. But here's what I like about this. David is not telling God what he has to do. He's just saying, Lord, would you consider it? Would you look into it? God, would you do what you need to do? God, would you do what is best for my life? Now, I'm not against praying specific prayers and I think we should pray specifically. Uh, I think a general prayer is generally powerless. I don't think we just say, Lord, bless the day, amen. I think we ought to pray specifically. But can I tell you, I think there's times where we ought to pray and we ought to say, Lord, I don't even know what I need, but you do. And as I pray and as I come to you with this case and as I come to you with this situation, Lord, I don't even have the answer. I don't even know what's best for me. But Lord, you sure do know. Lord, would you please do what is best for me and would you please do what is best for you so that you can receive the glory, so that you can be honored? It seems like David is not seeking deliverance as much for his benefit, but he is seeking deliverance so that God can be glorified. Even though David was afflicted in this passage, it says that he had not forgotten the law of God. Don't Forget the word of God when you go through affliction. When you go through trouble, when you've got burdens, don't forget the word of God. Don't let your mind uh, uh, stray onto the problem and, and stray from the word of God. Verse number 95, David says that he will consider God's testimony. But now in verse 153, David is requesting that God would consider his affliction. By the way, let me say this, you may have to work uh, to focus uh, on something and see something and we have to work to consider something, but God doesn't have that problem. God considers, God knows, God perceives, God knows what you're going through. God is aware 
of your afflictions. God is aware of your troubles. And not only does God consider, but aren't you glad that God can deliver? I'm so glad he is able to deliver. Look with me, if you would, at the next verse. Verse 154, David says, Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. That word plead there, it means to contend or to conduct a case or a suit as in a legal matter. David talks about his cause. That is a, a contest or a dispute. And David begs God. He says, God, would you please take on my case? Uh, thankfully, I've never, uh, I have not to this point, and I pray I never will, uh, but I haven't been involved in a lawsuit. You know, I've not been involved where I'm the one in the court and I'm the one that's having to go through it. Some of you have, and I, 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 I'm sorry in many situations. It wasn't your fault. That's just the situation you were in. But when you go to court, it's out of your realm. It's out of your ability. It's out of your knowledge. You can't defend yourself. You don't even know how to do it and where to start and what to say. But you need somebody that can take up your case. I want to tell you, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2 that we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the one that intercedes on our behalf. He is the one that comes before the throne of God. And when Jesus comes before the throne of God, God does not see our sin, but he sees his son's righteousness. And aren't you glad that we, although we can't plead our own cause, I'm glad we know somebody who certainly can. And he can, again, deliver us. He can rescue us. Notice with me, one, uh, verse 154, David prays and says, Lord, would you quicken me according to thy word? We find that word quicken in verse 154. We find that word quicken in verse 156. And we find that word quicken also in 159. In this one section, we find that word three times. Every time that word quicken, it talks about being renewed. It talks about having new life. And can I tell you, for some of us in this room, maybe you feel like that your life is at one of those blah moments. You ever feel like that? Now, maybe not right now, but you ever feel like you're just, you're worn out? You ever feel like you're just frustrated? Uh, you ever feel like you're just, you're, you're just going in circles and you just, you feel like you're not getting anywhere and you, you, you're struggling, you're trying, but you're struggling. Can I tell you, you cannot quicken yourself. You can't bring new life and new energy to yourself. You know why? Because your, your, your spirit, uh, your flesh is dying. Uh, you can't revive yourself. But can I tell you, there's an answer, and it's right here in my hand. This is the book that can give you quickening. This is the book that can give you new life and new energy. You know why this book can quicken you? Because this book is alive. Now, I know that sounds strange when we're talking about a book. You say, well, it's just, it's words on pages. Oh, no, it's more than that. This book is a living book. It's what separates the Bible from every other book in all of the universe. This book is alive. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick. That's where we get our word quickening. It is alive. It is quick and powerful. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I know it sounds so simple. I know it sounds so basic. 
But here's the problem. In the survey, only 45% of adults in churches were even engaging in this book on a weekly basis. That's why we're dying spiritually. That's why our homes are struggling. That's why our young people are having a hard time. That's why we're, we're struggling in, in every area of life. It's because we're not getting in the book. Say, oh, I, I've, I've read it before. Me too. But guess what? This isn't a textbook for your, your, your online course. This is not a manual for your job certification. This is not a book to tell you how to fix a computer or fix a car. This is a book that tells you how to live and it was given by the creator of life. And this book is alive. And if you'll read it, and if I'll read it, it will make the difference. I'll close with this, another illustration from the teen retreat that uh, Brother Phil was telling. I think it was the guys, maybe the ladies were in there too in this one. But he's talking about an interview with a very, very great basketball player of uh, yesteryear, Kobe Bryant. Uh, he's the one that was killed a couple years ago in that helicopter crash, if you've heard that name. But there was a man who went to, uh, to spend the afternoon with Kobe Bryant. He went to practice and he got to practice and he said, Kobe Bryant, he said he was there an hour before. He said he was just in a, a, just a full sweat. He was running, he was doing drills, he was shooting. And that was before practice started. He watched the practice. He said the practice was so boring. He was doing just the basics, the fundamentals of, uh, uh, of like you'd see a high school team do. He was doing the layups and he was doing the free throws and he was doing the jump shots and he was doing the passing and he was doing the defense and all of that. And then he got done with practice and he stayed another hour and just intense, just an incredible workout. And after the Kobe Bryant got done, the interviewer said, said, Kobe, he said, I hate to say this, that was the most boring thing I've ever watched in my life. I wanted to find out why you were such a great player. And Kobe Bryant told me, he said, well, I do this every day. This, this is what I do every day of practice. He said this, he said, I never get tired of doing the basics. And can I tell you, that is the secret to success, I believe, in a lot of areas. You just got to do the basics. But I know it's the secret to the Christian life. I know if we will just do the basics, if we will just, how about this? How about tonight before you go to bed, you just spend some time in prayer. Everybody can do that. Anybody can pray. That doesn't, that doesn't take a degree. That doesn't take, you don't have to be a founding member of Victory Baptist Church for 33 years to be able to pray. Anybody can do that. How about tomorrow morning when you get up and you open the Bible and just read the Bible and as you read it, you say, Lord, speak to me from this. And then how about once you read the Bible, how about you try to do what it says? You say, well, pastor, I've tried that before and I've, I've messed up. Well, me too. That's why the Bible says that when we mess up, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And a just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. Just do the basics. Just, just come to church. Now, I know this sounds so elementary, but it's not hard to come to church. Last time I checked, you did not have to get here an hour early and fight for a seat. You did not have to go online weeks in advance and reserve your spot. You, you didn't have to pay for a parking spot out there. You didn't have to fight through the crowd and push through the crowd. It's not that hard, but it's basic. Sometimes we think we don't need to do the basics. 
Uh, how about just worshiping God? How about praising God? How about serving God? And the list goes on and on. Well, how are we going to know what to do? How are we going to know how to live? You got to get in this book right here. And when we get in the Bible, this book will quicken us and make us alive. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.